Well, about an hour ago, I got some someone saying, "What time is Joel and Doctor Tap?" Well, guess what? Right now. Right now. I'm just sharing the thing in the Discord. Well, we're we're actually live. We've got two people watching right now, but that's all right. Um, hey, hello. Yeah, hey everyone. I'm just sharing the link in some appropriate place. I'm just doing the YouTube link. So for the people who are getting triggered about all that stuff, don't worry. The the Odyssey link is in the YouTube link. So it just YouTube tend for some reason like mostly the da- the Dash podcast people tend to be much more YouTubers. Whereas the the Odyssey could be a little bit anywhere else. Hey, crypto and dirt. Good to see you. Um, yeah. Also, we're on um, Twitter and Facebook as well. Though those tend to get fewer people, but it tends to be YouTube and Odyssey are okay. the big are the big hitters. So let's see. Well, hey everyone. Oh, there's Eric Olson. Nodak Lodak. Nodak Lojack. All, all these names I have a difficult time with. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, hey, everyone. Uh, welcome to another edition of Friday. I hope a lot of you watched the last show because that was a fun one. But for the people that are just here for Darren, uh, welcome. I'm going to hit the intro real quick, and then we'll get right on into this. So, hey everyone, welcome to this week's version of the Dash Podcast. I'm joined by the one and only Dr. Darren Tapp um, of hey. the Dash Investment Foundation. I've, of course, had him on and chat with him for a bunch of different things. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, it's time to go chat some more. And it's uh, on the subjects specifically of what the Dash Investment Foundation has been able to do. Before we jump into all this stuff, the usual housekeeping items of... Um, Live crypto super chat, cointr.ee slash desert links. If you really want Darren to answer a question, get in there, but get in there now because as we can see from right here, we got one from the last podcast. What's Scott's take on the Lightning Network, which it came through just too late for him to be be able to go through. Cointree used to be a lot faster. It's a little slower now. Um, I don't think that the people who run it have time to properly maintain it. So if someone is a TypeScript dev looking to cut their teeth, and do this kind of stuff, hit me up. I'll let you work on Cointree as long as you support the other coins. Just because it's 99% Dash for me doesn't mean other people don't rely on it. Wouldn't it be great if, for example, the Dash Incubator, for anyone who's watching, if the Dash Incubator could do a bounty to make coin, to maintain and improve Cointree and just put a little like Powered by the Dash Incubator link on the thing so you could kind of check that out. That would actually be pretty cool. So hit me up if this is going to happen because that would be really awesome. Um, yeah, and, um, it's funny, Great Wolf says, is Darren not camera shy anymore? (laughs) Nah, I guess not. Um, so, uh, the Darren paywall thingy, and then the coin tree, and, yeah, so, Dash Investment Foundation, um, really quick, how have you been, Darren? How's, how's work been? How's, uh, how's all the awesome stuff you've been doing, just in in that open kind of way? It's it's kind of come to a head. I mean, it was very interesting last month to um, to uh, have Dash Direct launch, and then not long after that, um, we had the trust go went live. Um, <laughs> it actually went live a little bit before, mm-hmm. like a, a, a live means uh, available to accept um, investments. 
So went live a little bit before the uh, news articles came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like it culminated by one news article I noticed, and I believe it was a press release from Valkyrie, that uh, actually mentioned the uh, Dash Direct uh, in uh, mm-hmm. article about the Valkyrie Trust. So I thought that was really cool. That's an a, a example of synergy in the fancy yeah. business world. Synergistic tendencies. <laughs> But, um, I mean, I went to a conference and Leah was there and um, we just were sitting next to each mm-hmm. other. She's like, what's Dash been doing? You know, she, you know, she's doing her own thing with Valkyrie. I'm like, oh, well, we got this app that's going to allow people to spend Dash at 155,000 locations in the U.S. And she's like, oh, we can tell that to our PR guy. And so, uh, yeah. so we, we made those connections to, you know, and that helps. Uh, Valkyrie, because uh, they're wanting to get assets under management. That's what their business model is, mm-hmm. and um, and so uh, they're promoting Dash while they're uh, while they're looking for uh, investors and all of that. Yeah, it's so for the to give everyone a quick recap before we just go deep into Valkyrie, and then of course we'll do Dash Direct, and then other questions, and then mm-hmm. random other Dash stuff, depending on how long this whole thing goes, but. Just for everyone to recap, so the Dash Investment Foundation was founded a couple years ago, I believe, and basically is the world's first decentralized hedge fund, more or less. I mean, that that's what people have said. They've described right. it as. It's a lot more than and, that. Yeah, so uh, um, also some sometimes when we describe it, we describe it as a uh, what uh, an impact-driven investment fund. Mm-hmm. Impact. So in the U, like it's in, it's incorporated in the Cayman, but... Uh, a legal equivalent in the U.S. might be an impact-driven um, uh, investment fund. So the diff is an IDIF. Yeah, it's that a yeah. It's like well, I mean, it's yes, we want to make a profit. We want more money to come in than uh, comes out. But at the same time, we're we're really mainly looking for uh, investments that make an impact. So uh, a world with a Dash Trust is making an impact. A world with Dash Direct is making an impact. Yeah. And, uh, and that's it's funny because that was one of those questions that people had in the interim was like the diff is supposed to make money and i guess it kind of is but that's not the only thing and some people were unsatisfied or some people were very satisfied it's it's there's a whole bunch of stuff but um you have had the unique privilege of being part of the second wave diff the second generation because yes. the first generation and by saying this, I'm no, no means criticizing anyone involved in it because there were some stellar no. people involved with it yes. and stuff. It was just, what if the net, what if the Dash network can own property, invest in things that make money on behalf of all of Dash? It's a very radical concept. And so the diff got created and then they were just like figuring things out as they went along and getting a bunch of money, trying to invest in things. Of course, you can't really do anything worth anything at a very low entry point level. It's just like... It, what was um i don't know if it was uh, you were saying it or if it was um mike lewis or I, I forget who all was saying this in the past but basically about like when you start to have like 10 million to throw around all of a sudden that that just opens up yep. so many things it's not just like well you can do you know a hundred times the amount you had with a hundred thousand it's like no it's just the category of things you can do opens right. up so there was always that and then there was also like the hey, why don't we invest in this company? And you put that as a proposal decision to the network and the network rejects it because like, they don't understand what they're doing because that's not their job anyway. And it just became weird. Micromanage just, just had a lot of complications. And then finally, 
the diff I think hit its stride around when you came in. I mean, I don't, I don't want to give you full credit for it, but Hey, maybe I'll give you some credit for it. Right. But basically the second generation of the diff is now kind of hit its stride. And the two biggest news items of the last, I would say two years, as far as dash is concerned, have been diff related, which is Valkyrie having, you know, Valkyrie getting a diff investment and coming out with a dash trust, an institutional way for people to yeah. invest, like say their 401k in dash, for example, and dash direct where people can effortlessly or very small effort spend dash and save a bunch of money all over the U S those are the two big items. And the diff was involved in both of them. People know a lot about dash direct. Let's just hit Valkyrie then. So first mm -hmm. off, um, what about like, what can you tell us about Valkyrie in general? Okay. So it's a, it's a dash trust. Um, and a trust is a legal person, and um, mm -hmm. if you actually did I, a Delaware, I, I know what legal search, personhood is, but not a lot of people, well, not yeah. a lot of people do. But yeah, well, if you did a uh -huh. Delaware entity search, um, you would find that there was an entity set up in Delaware. That's the Valkyrie Dash Trust, and that was back in April. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I would search for it, like, oh, it exists, it's there. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think any sleuths in our community found it. Uh, um, however, there was one sleuth in our community, XKCD, that found the, the SEC. The biggest sleuth of them all. Uh, Shout out to XKCD. Yeah. He's been watching he all kinds of stuff. SEC filing, uh, mm -hmm. pretty much as before. I before uh, Leah's had sent it over to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like she, you know, was like, "Hey, we got it!" Hey, mm -hmm. um, but uh, so he found it that quick, and then um, I think it was a week after the SEC filing that they uh, were able to take investments. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, the, the laws about this thing are a little bit, uh, uh, well, they're very specific. So um, there are uh, laws about soliciting. You can't uh, solicit uh, money from people. But I can inform the community that uh, the, the trust is now live. Uh, mm -hmm. If you go to the Valkyrie website, you can see the terms of the trust. Um, and it's because of government rules that... Mm -hmm. um, it's only uh, available right now to accredited investors. Mm -hmm. uh, there was some question, and, and I'm not 100% sure if, if they're, they're basically, the, because of SEC rules, there's a lockup period. So mm -hmm. accredited investors right now, um, if they want more information, they can go to the Valkyrie website, and um, uh, there's a subscription document, and uh, which is a contract, and mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's pretty big. Um, and uh, basically, you know, you could have your lawyer look over the subscription contract and decide, do you want to invest or not? So uh, the, uh, the terms are 25000 uh, is the minimum U.S. Um, and they will either take Dash directly. So like you could, uh, if you wanted shares in the trust, you could give Dash directly or uh, USD wire. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so those are the two ways of uh, obtaining shares. There is a lockup period. Uh, it should be in the contract. It's either six months or a year. Mm -hmm. um, and after that lockup period, uh, then I, my understanding is that it's to be available for uh, trade to retail investors um, over the counter. Uh, so, uh, so that's yeah. that's how it works. So it's so it's still in this lockup period. So retail investors. Uh, don't have access to it now, but accredited mm -hmm. investors, if they're uh, willing to make a, a minimum outlay, uh, 
that's available. Uh, so the the trust is a legal person, so it's an entity that can do everything in a court a, a trust can do. Mm-hmm. But um, there are kind of restrictions on the trust, uh, like you know, the, the the trust will own a bunch of Dash, and the shares are uh, things. So there's some some uh, terms in the in the trust, like uh, uh, there's a two percent management fee. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we knew that going in, when we made the investment, that's just uh, Valkyrie's fee. Uh, I'm not quite sure. I know there are some custodian fees, and I'm not sure if uh, Valkyrie pays those or or if it's passed on to the customer. Um, but uh, yeah, so but do your own research on it, uh, if, uh, and uh, and that's what's what's exists now. So yeah. uh, in, in so we should have a robust over the counter market like uh, Grayscale has in in a good six months or a year. Yeah. So let me break it. Let me bring it down to a, a much dumber level uh, where. People, so right now, anyone can kind of, I mean, I'm kind of apologizing in advance for being so stupid at this level, but like anyone can in the US can kind of like get a Coinbase account and buy Dash directly. And this right. is obviously buying into the Dash trust in, and not, you know, buying into the, not, not the, the actual irrevocable trust or whatever, Dash Dow, that's a different trust, but the Valkyrie Dash trust, buying into that. How is it different from buying Dash directly in terms of positive things? Like, of course, you mentioned a lot of restrictions like lockup periods and accredited investors only for now and things like that. But what kind of benefits does it have over buying direct like Dash directly from, say, Coinbase or something? Who would who would be looking to buy into this and like why? Oh, so I um, I think that um, institutions that don't want to deal with custody mm. uh, might be really interested in uh, buying some shares in the trust. I think that uh, uh, it's easier to hold uh, Dash in your IRA mm-hmm. with this type of product. Uh, it, it's really, really difficult to kind of get Dash in your IRA using you know, fancy accounting tricks. Oh, yeah. So, so basically, if you have like a retirement account, like an investment account, Right now, if you wanted to buy Dash directly, you'd have to cash out of your IRA early and incur a bunch of penalties and stuff for that, and then just go buy Dash. And then you have to worry about custodying it and securing it all yourself. Whereas if you wanted to go through the Valkyrie Dash Trust, you could just just move right over and not have to cash out your IRA, not have to incur those penalties, and not have to mm-hmm. worry about custody and stuff. Is that kind of mm-hmm. the base sort of thing? Yeah, so it just opens it up to a new market, uh, retail investors. Uh, right now, it's very difficult to obtain Dash if you're in New York. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe that the shares in the trust won't have that issue. Yeah. Uh, I think you can buy them if you're in New York because they're an SEC-regulated uh, thing. Which is um, very, like, <laughs> obviously, we all, you know, all of us operate to a certain extent within the bounds of the law and understand that not everything has to make sense, but that makes an, a special level of no sense <laughs> that, you know, yeah. you can buy Dash, but you can't buy that Dash. You just... Well, the, the, the accredited investor rule mm-hmm. kind of, in this case, kind of doesn't make sense when you fund it with Dash because yeah. basically you're you're using something that has that is exposed to risk, but mm-hmm. you're, you're just trading it for a different thing with a similar type of risk. So it's, 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 it's almost the same risk exposure, so I don't know why that uh, these rules restricting who does what. Yeah, um, one could uh, discuss. One could question if they're that valuable. Well, uh, you know, it's funny. It's like 
it's one of those things that for someone like me, I'm unbanked. I deal directly in crypto. It's like, I, that's my world. And I kind of understood on a higher level a little bit that like, okay, well, institutions like this, this is better or something. But I posted in some like private chat group with some friends who are not super crypto people. They're just like regular folks. Uh, I just posted a like, hey, look at this big, because they know I'm big into Dash and stuff. And then they, I just said like, oh, you check this out. And I, I posted like the, the Dash, the Valkyrie Trust announcement. And then I get a private message like two minutes later from one of them saying like, yo, we had a talk over the weekend. I want to know how I could put my 401k into this thing. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like I'm starting to get like people are, this is what people are looking for. People, not me, right? Have regular jobs with their regular mm -hmm. health insurance and their regular, you know, deductions and their regular filings and just like just a regular world of, you know, insurance and payments and banking and all this kind of stuff. And then they, they, the company incentive matches like their IRA or something like that or whatever. They got their investment account going on as they're doing this. And then they're like, Oh, this is very valuable for people like that to be able to kind of go in there. Whereas someone like me, who's just a very strange person, is not as valuable, but like, that's exactly, um, that's exactly kind of you know, one of the use cases on the smaller level. But then if you go on the higher level, of course, larger institutions that want exposure to this, like, you know, you always talk about, you know, institutions are coming and all this kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, that, that makes perfect sense of why that's kind of like valuable. Now, um, what I was thinking about with that whole thing is um, I did, we did have a question about like institutional interest. So, and it's obviously a more of a, um, it's less of a clear, you know, question with a clear, with a, a certain answer necessarily. But has there been, do you know of any institutional interest in Valkyrie as a whole? Or, you know, of course, more specifically in the Dash trust that they provide at this stage? Have you heard anything about that yet? Uh, Valkyrie as a whole. So Valkyrie as a company, yes. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I, um, I, I, I'm in... Uh, I think that we're in a, I think the diff is in a good position to be in the same cap table as the other people in <laughs> that have invested in Valkyrie. Uh, I, th I think that um, there's a lot of movers and shakers. Uh, so it's nice to be kind of next to them. Uh, so, uh, but uh, yes, there's been interest in, I know of institutional interest in the company Valkyrie mm -hmm. and uh, with, with execution. Uh, I'm not aware of institutional interest in the Dash Trust. However, if there was institutional interest, uh, I don't think they would advertise that because yeah. they would want to, you know, <laughs> they would want to raise the price before they buy it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, it is one thing that's always interesting. Um, hmm, I got a. We're gonna go to this this little live chat question just a second well actually why not just do it right now because if someone else asks another question and then it pop it'll mm -hmm. pop up later it'll kind of supersede this put this on the screen can darren speak on the tax advantages with valkyrie's trust structure uh i can say that their website says there's no k1 mm. what that means i think that's less paperwork um uh, i don't think you're gonna avoid capital gains uh there i guess there could be uh, tax advantages if you are able to uh, use this product in an IRA. Uh, so, but I, I'm really not the one to speak about tax advantages. But that's that's pretty much what I know about it. Yeah, 
interesting stuff. Now, one thing I've sort of noticed in this whole discussion, first off, the it was kind of a meme in the cryptoverse about institutions are coming forever, and then people were like, yeah, right, or whatever. And then institutions ended up coming. You know, some of them, like, obviously, you know, like the whole micro strategy and grayscale and all this kind of stuff, like, coming into the space. And one thing that before now, uh, we haven't really seen Dash represented very well. Right. Like, and that's been a, a big thorn, like, that's been a big gut punch because it seems like this has been one of those um, tropes with Dash over the years has been Dash is the black sheep of the crypto world. Like, no one wants to just do Dash any favors. No one's going to scramble to add Dash. Like, everything has to be, like, clawed for and earned. Like, Coinbase came so many years after it was due. And, you know, because, like, the crypto world, the old boys club or whatever it is. But um, then you have... So, now now Dash, because of the diff... Again, without the diff, this wouldn't be a thing, right? If Dash was just another... If it didn't have this, it probably would not have gotten into Valkyrie to the same extent. Well, Valkyrie did like Dash. Mm-hmm. That was um, one thing that probably made this deal uh, possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they came to the table actually wanting to work with Dash. Let's go. Um, uh, and then, so we did make the investment, but I, I think that uh, uh, another reason that helped this product come to market was. <laughs> the uh, a lot of work was done by supervisors actually mm-hmm. uh, to uh, like we reviewed some of their um, their legal documents we uh, we were looking for uh, more or less correct uh, explanation of how master nodes work and all that like the actual trust <laughs> yeah you know they, like and, and this is you know when you could have your lawyers write it up all day but the lawyers don't understand the technical end so. Uh, supervisors were able to look at the legal stuff and under, see if it's correct enough to uh, direct, ex- correctly explain the technical from a technical side. So, um, and there was a lot of back and forth between uh, Dash Investment Foundation supervisors and uh, Valkyrie. Uh, we we had calls after the investment. Uh, you know, it, it was it was a long and arduous process. I, I almost forget. Now that it's launched, I kind of forgot that. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, and it was uh, a lot of work on a lot of sides, and and uh, Valkyrie really uh, rolled with the punches, and and there, you know there were uh, some. I, this should have come out sooner, but uh, uh, the, it came out later, um, and I don't think that was anything of on Valkyrie's end. I think mm-hmm. it was you, know, you need a lot of parts moving together, and uh, it took a few, yeah, few tries. And so, Bill, before we hit that question. Do you have any speculation? Obviously, it's got to be speculation, probably. But do you have any speculation as to why Dash seems to have been excluded from so many of these sort of institutional funds in before Valkyrie kind of came around? Do you is it just a is there a regulatory reason? Is there a crypto insider club kind of reason? Is there a just we didn't have people out there talking to these people like the diff supervisors ended up doing? It just there wasn't enough work done in that way. Like, do you have any guesses or speculation? Uh, it's it's possible that some prominent players in the uh, space were hostile to Dash. Hmm. So, so I, for whatever reason, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I just showed up. <laughs> yeah, but uh, um, we, we Valkyrie. Uh, 
<laughs> Valkyrie actually has a better product than Grayscale. I don't know if you watch Bloomberg News mm -hmm. or Bloomberg Business, but uh, there was uh, months ago there mm -hmm. was a thing that came across the screen about like uh, the Grayscale trust owners, the people that own the shares, were considering suing Grayscale because uh, the the trading value of the shares mm -hmm. um, was below the net asset value, like basically the the amount of assets under that the share represents. And um, so they, so I think Grayscale got scared and uh, actually went on the open market and started buying um, mm. to, to kind of help rectify that. But uh, the, my understanding of the way the, the Valkyrie Trust is set up is every every year, or maybe twice a year, uh, people who with a, a significant amount of shares can actually redeem their shares directly for Dash. Um, so, so there's some market they're building in some market um, uh, market uh, reasons why why it would track the net, net asset value. It, it, it very well likely could keep tracking it. You know, so there's going to be some up and down. Maybe it's going to be a little bit higher, a little bit lower, but uh, it shouldn't get too far off because if it got too far off, somebody could just so. buy it, <laughs> expecting to trade it in for Dash later. Yeah, that's uh, a very interesting tidbit. Uh, and it's funny because I like to say that the free market is undefeated, that when prices are weird, there's a reason for that. It's not just, well, the market's acting irrationally. Like, there's something going on there. And so one thing I always love, it's a great economics lesson. Anytime you see something that should be valued, something that's valued a little bit differently. Like, for example, every time Tether goes off its peg. And it's just like, well, mm -hmm. why would it be off its peg if it's valued a dollar? And it's like, well, there's tons of reasons for that. And so, for example, uh, grayscale, as you were just mentioning, being like off its peg, so to speak, kind of means that there is some lessened utility in there somewhere or, you know, something was kind of a little funky in there, uh, which is, again, why you're talking about the lawsuit. But then, you know, with, with Valkyrie, making it actually, you know, track the asset price a lot closer, you know, it, it's kind of a, a result of, you know, being a better product, you know, because, yeah, because the, the difference, the difference between, you know, the, if it's worth less than the actual base asset, there's a million different micro reasons that that could have been, but the overall reason is it's a let is the, the product is inferior, which is why it's worth less. It just literally, that's the way free markets work. And it's, it's kind of interesting to see that happen. Yeah, and just to clarify, I believe it was a threatened lawsuit against yes. Grayscale. I don't think it went through. Yeah, I don't think it went to court. Well, that's good. I'm glad that they didn't have to go go through all that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah. that's pretty interesting. And one thing, so for those who have been around the Dash community for a while, at least since the beginning of the year, there was something that was being colloquially known as the big announcement that has been flown around forever. Uh, this is the big announcement, right? That was, yeah, I believe so. I mean, yeah, and in yeah, retrospectively, pretty... it was right. It's from from mm -hmm. what I'm able mm -hmm. to know. Now, yeah, I mean, it, the it was basically you know the the community was like upset about the price of Dash. They were, you know, feeling like falling behind and they just wanted some good news. And then some good news got alluded to, which ended up taking huge amounts of time to come to fruition, which frustrated people even more. But now that it's out, it's out, which is fantastic. <laughs> but that begs the question, 
why did it end up taking so long? Like, what was it that I know was like regulatory approval was the, the cited thing, but what of what caused these extra delays? Do you know? Um, yeah, because they, they need a good custodian. The first mm. custodian that we they wanted to go with um, didn't work out. And okay, so it's purely it was like a custodian issue type thing. I think that's fair to say. I don't think that's divulging too much, but yeah, yeah. it was a custodian. Yeah, we, so... we, we like um, we the, the dash in general, mm-hmm. like the dash infrastructure, mm-hmm. not the diff. Um, has gotten interest from you know major players saying hey you know do you need a custody arrangement and so we just there was kind of the assumption that major players would custody once we brought him a, a big client and so we brought him valkyrie and then uh people who we thought were custody or companies that we thought were custody didn't mm. and um but we got it it's done <laughs> yeah well fantastic uh, i think we have a new um, paper chat or super chat in here. Here we go. All right. Are the holdings of trusts like Valkyrie publicly viewable? As in, do we have a way to know how much of the coin supply is quote locked up in them? I imagine. Yeah. But I'm. It might have to wait till. Um. Until like it's publicly traded before that information is publicly available, I'm sure. If yeah. I ask, they would tell me how much is locked up. Of course, but, uh, they are going to run master nodes. The press release said staking. That was that was another reason it was hold up, uh, because the product that Valkyrie wanted to offer would was um, would have the rewards from the master nodes. So. Um, uh, and and I, you know, when kind of doing a comparison of products, it made mm-hmm. kind of. I thought that a retail investor would see Dash and see Bitcoin and say, "Oh, Dash has a four percent dividend because mm-hmm. you know six percent for the master, but two for the management takeaway." Uh, so they would just like say, "Oh, the four percent dividend." I mean, retail investors make decisions based on things like that. So. Um, so I, I thought that was good from the get go to, uh, have, um, the, uh, the, the trust run masternodes. Also, I think there's some advantages, um, that the, um, trust running masternodes, the trust has a fiduciary duty to the shareholders. Mm-hmm. So, uh, here are these masternodes have to, uh, support people who own dash. And, um, I'm, I'm really happy with our masternodes. It's just that, uh, I, I at least w- when a master node votes, I kind of wish people would try to vote for uh, the advancement of people that own Dash and not the advancement of master nodes. I think there's a subtle difference between the two, mm-hmm. and for the most part, master nodes um, vote for you know the general community. There's there's hardly anything that applies to master nodes that doesn't apply for the general community. So, uh, but I I thought that was a good thing and. Um, at least with the previous round of supervisors, and I imagine the policy will continue. Um, the previous round of supervisors basically came to an agreement that the diff should not operate masternodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, when, when, when I came, when I was elected, I, you know, I was just, you know, looking at public information about the diff, and I learned that they were uh, depositing in accounts that were making masternodes and uh, 
and and uh, I, I just think that's kind of weird because you're asking the community for um, uh, for money, <laughs> but then if you run master nodes, then you're diluting the community. So um, so yeah. we came to the policy. Basically, it's our policy that we don't run master nodes now with the trust. Uh, the trust is running master nodes, so the diff won't uh, own any shares of the trust, and uh, you know, for any reason, I guess. Yeah. So, but, uh, so the diff won't own any shares of the Valkyrie Dash Trust, but they do right. own own shares of Valkyrie itself. That's which, right. Which is a you know, a important yeah, distinction, so. but it's at least it's it's all yeah. kind of plugged into the same basic and, thing. And they're. Um, there, uh, yeah. So, uh, and there's been a lot of legal questions in our community. So now that we're kind of through this process, uh, the when when the investment was first made, um, the uh, the diff was under agreement, so legal binding contract. Or it's, yeah, contract of mm -hmm. uh, it's called safe agreement. Yeah. And uh, now that the Series A is completed, we've seen that article right mm -hmm. come out. So I'm not disclosing that to you. It's just public knowledge. Uh, now that Series A is completed, uh, the DIF has actually received the shares in the company and uh, in yeah. Valkyrie. So we have shares. We have a, a number of shares. Yeah. And uh, and uh, the the DIF was also at a seed round. Mm -hmm. And um, this most recent round, which was over 10 million, like we uh, there was there was some question that you like I don't want to really divulge how much the yeah of course dash investment patient owns but they own not much of valkyrie mm -hmm. um, but uh, you can kind of figure it out when you know we we were part of a, a bigger round when we invested a hundred thousand dollars and it's public knowledge that their series a that they closed was ten million dollars mm -hmm. and um you know the diff did not participate in the series a mm -hmm. uh, like the the basically it's all series a from the seed to the thing there's round one round there was a bridge yeah. round and round two uh so so you can imagine a hundred thousand that now is t in t now people are paying uh up to like basically more. there's a 10 million inflow into their well new investment that would that and it's very common in and this is basically how venture capitalist mm -hmm. deals are set up uh, so the when the series a close all that money flows into the company it's called a cash infusion deal mm -hmm. and um the diff will get diluted and uh, but that's the way it works and that's the way uh you know that's in our agreements that we assigned and we knew that going into it um, um but i mean also i want to tell the community that uh, uh our shares mm -hmm. uh at at the seed level, mm -hmm. we're valued at, at a, over a four x multiple. Yeah, uh, with that ten million round. So so it. Um, well, that's cool. That's a good. Yeah. So yeah. So and and, and and at least in my view, I mean, we're a committee, so we have to vote. But uh, mm -hmm. in my view, I'm I'm with Valkyrie for the long haul. I'm just gonna you know stay. I mean, I would promote the diff, just keeping that equity mm -hmm. until until everybody exits, which is just the, and that I think it would be, uh, I think it, this is a long haul. I mean, grayscale has been going for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, but I think I would just as a dash community member, if you put up a proposal that said, Hey, 
uh, please give me a hundred thousand dollars and I'll have a Dosh trust in the future. Mm-hmm. If you knew that was a good proposal and it would happen, you, I would vote for it. Yeah. And, uh, so now that we have this diff, so now that hundred thousand, uh, did cause a trust and we have the equity and I'm looking forward to continuing the relationship with Valkyrie. I, I think they're just such a great, uh, they just really moved in with the, and they're making a real splash in the space. Yeah, that was kind of my impression as well. It seems like uh, when people were talking about Valkyrie, for, when Dash people were talking about um, Valkyrie, uh, it seems like people were like, what the hell is that? Who is it? Uh, like kind of unimpressed sort of like, what is this? Like no one's heard of them sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then when you start looking at the players behind it, it's like actual people, like big, mm-hmm. bigger players. And then where it is now, it's so much of a larger and much more. And again, this is the space of a few months. <laughs> it's so funny how fast <laughs> this has been. But now it's like, wow, we got we're at the table of a bigger entity here, and that can right. really start growing. And it, it just feels like, um, because in the past, a lot of times, Dash has kind of gone into or had proposals with or things like that. A lot of like small potatoes kind of things, like oh yeah, we, we want we want some money from the from the treasury, you know, pre diff, right? We want money from the treasury because we basically don't have a viable business on our own. We're just like trying to get in there, and and then then there were some other things such as like the Bitco thing, which is you know Bitco integrated plenty of people without all the money, but then they wanted a bunch from Dash and like like all that like the black sheep kind of vibes, but then this and en- this ends up being something where. Oh, it looks like Dash is a partner with a quite a, a respectable organization now, and it w- it w- didn't cost the arm and the leg to do that. Um, right. I mean, yeah. yeah. And so, as I before I, I kind of go into the, a little bit more detail on that, I did get a, a comment that's not related to this that I wanted to address. Uh, Zinder says, "This is the first time I've seen Joel's stream play smoothly without repeated lag and constant frame dropping. He's clearly fixed something. It's looking good." You have no idea, dude, how long I worked at trying to make it look a lot better. And thank you, Darren, for having a relatively low-quality camera because it's running smoothly. And the last one, I have with Scott Cunningham, his thing was way too high quality. It did lag a little bit. And so clearly, I got to fix some settings on my end or get a better computer. So anyway, thanks for watching. Thanks for noticing. That was, you know, (laughs) I've been trying really hard to not have something absolutely awful. So as a sort of continuation of that, that Valkyrie question thing, I'm just going to read like the actual word for word. I think it was Magnus in the discord who asked this question, if I can remember, but just says, I would like to, I would also like to know what our seat at the table is in Valkyrie's eyes compared to Justin Sun and Charlie Lee, both of whom invested in the, um, in the series a, by the way, and is publicized by CoinDesk and other places. Anyway, both in terms of relative stake and general influence as best that can be measured. It was interesting to note that the Tron Trust was released before the Dash Trust. It was close, but ours was in the works for a very long time beforehand. Some clarification there. Any insight on how, if those other investments affect the intercoin politics within Valkyrie would be good. So you already answered a whole lot of those different specific bits Mm -hmm. about like how big of a seat at the table does Dash have in terms of actual financial investment. That That was pretty, you know, although, you know, that was pretty clear, I would say. And then as well as kind of why did the dash thing take so long? What, well, the, you know, possibly custodian issues or whatever, they need to be ironed out, which 
let, let, I'm just going to speculate in my mind and then, you know, let it, let it just be speculation of Tron came to the table a lot later, but they had all the infrastructure for uh, custodians set up a lot faster behind the, behind the scenes. So it was just was able to be for, you know, purely technical reasons or technical regulatory reasons, able to be set through quicker. It's not that they put Tron at the head of their priority list and bumped dash back. That's kind of what I'm right. what I'm speculating. Right. But basically, could have had this up in February. They would, <laughs> or yeah. April. I think the entity was up in a- April. So if they could have had it up in April, they would. They they would have done it as soon as they could. Um, and and uh, yeah. And so basically, it, we already answered a lot of those parts of the question. The only difference, the only thing that wasn't explicitly, um, the there wasn't explicitly necessary answer, just the, the general like vibe we have with them and the influence. Do you think, first off, intercoin politics, do you think Dash is going to ever take a backseat or be bumped or whatever in Valkyrie because other crypto players involved in Valkyrie are going to like have more influence and would try to use that to hurt Dash or on, just on the other side, what's the relationship like with Valkyrie that, you know, and how, how good is that as far as like long-term? I, I mean, yeah. I don't really think intercoin politics is going to play much uh, thing in Valkyrie. They, they see value in Dash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's one reason they approached us. Um, they know how much they need to have under management mm-hmm. to more or less break even. And it's not, it's a significant amount in the, in the Dash world. Mm-hmm. Um, so they need a specific amount of us dollar under management. So I, I think what, uh, we, we should expect Valkyrie to do what's in their interest as a business and make a profit. Um, so within the next year or two, I would expect them to get over that threshold and then the trust will be profitable to them. Um, and, uh, as long as the trust is profitable, I think that, that it, they'll keep it, uh, there's a certain capital outlay time and expense that went into creating the, uh, the, the dash trust. And so in a mm. year from now, if it's profitable, uh, I think they will keep doing that. And, and, uh, and their business strategy is aligned with that as well. So, yeah. And so, and honestly, like there has been a lot of, um, there's been a lot of what we addressed earlier of the good old boys club and just other you know, old school people sort of excluding Dash from making Dash work harder. There's a lot of that, but the uncomfortable truth that a lot of people in Dash don't want to face is it's all dollars and cents. It's all supply and demand, right? It's, you know, people will support Dash on every processor, every exchange, every everything. If there's enough demand, they can make money off of it. And so, you know, a lot of people are like, well, why do they keep, like, again, I don't foresee this being a thing, but let's say in a couple of years, uh, Valkyrie doesn't have a Dash Trust anymore because it didn't make money, but they still have a Tron one. It's not like, oh, it'll be salty. He likes Justin Sun better. It's like, no, it's like it's on us to make, right. to get the demand for Dash out there, to get let people know that this is a great technology, a great ecosystem with a lot of use cases to, to not just sit behind you know, our keyboards and like complain in Discord or whatever it is, right? It's on us to, to get out and get things going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they have a very specific business model and they know uh they know what they need to do to 
make the trust profitable for them. And as long as it's profitable, I would expect them to keep. Yeah. Free market is undefeated as I always say, right? (laughs) You know, you can't, Mm -hmm. you can't, you can't beat the free market. So, uh, or, you know, you can destroy it in some countries, but that's a different uh, conversation entirely. Yeah. So that's a, a pretty good overview of the whole, um, Valkyrie thing. Uh, obviously Cray paid dash direct stuff is a hot topic before I jump into that. I just had a random thought or, or on rune slash Thor chain, just because I like, Oh yeah, that's right. That's another thing that's going on. So for the people who don't really remember, so the DeFi space has basically, it started mostly with Ethereum, I would say of decentralized exchanges like Uniswap that allow people to trade like they do on centralized exchange, just without a centralized company to rely on without KYC and all the other nonsense pieces like that. And that what made Thorchain, which, you know, people like Eric Voorhees are involved with or are very bullish on is basic. What makes that big is that it's basically a cross chain decks, a fully cross chain deck. We don't have to wrap a token. So I don't have to have like a, a wrapped dash token that you trade on Uniswap back and forth and all that kind of nonsense. It's just like directly for, it's like old school shapeshift before regulators kind of got into the way, but like the real vision. And so that is a huge thing if you ask me. And a lot of people were very bullish on that. And there is a Thorchain integration in the works for dash to get it on there. And, but the, where the diff comes in and I'm sure you can, you know, elaborate more on Mm -hmm. that is the Mm -hmm. diff, because uh, you need, because Thorchain works with liquidity on all oh, like a two token liquidity or whatever on the, the asset you want to trade or whatever, and on like Rune. So, for example, I did a little bit of liquidity priding just to like test it out with like probably a total of like 300 bucks worth of like Bitcoin Cash and Ethereum. Uh, and when I deposited on there to provide liquidity and get fees and stuff from that, it split it between that and rune so on my ethereum stuff i'm like not profitable in the slightest because the rune token went down and ethereum (laughs) went way up and so half my ethereum got turned into rune or whatever but that's just a short-term thing but basically so the diff has gotten into runes significantly in order to basically because rune token holders by having the liquidity available in rune is able to secure the token's actual place on the trading platform. Is that right? So basically, yeah, talk about the diff and rune. So the rune, uh, I mean, the, the diff uh, mm-hmm. was investigating DeFi for all year. Of course. Uh, off and on, more or less. And so we were looking at uh, DeFi on Ethereum, DeFi on Binance Chain. We worked, uh, we did a lot of work and we had no, no fruit to show for it. But when... Um, because basically we had we, we were trying to understand all the risks, all the things, and you know as a whole committee we're trying to understand this stuff and and it just like a, a, how do the Ethereum fees fit in? And, mm-hmm. But when the um, the Thor chain went live and um, um, let's see, Hytham uh, said, well, "Why don't we do Thor chain?" Uh, it just it, everything just kind of clicked. It's like, yes, we're gonna do it. You know, like everybody was like, yes. Like I, nobody had any reason not to do it. And I'm, I feel like I'm the most critical of um, mm-hmm. the DeFi. And I was like, I don't know. I have any reason not to do it. And then yeah. you know, some supervisors were like, "This is this is a real project. It's a good good project." So um, so we did it. 
And um, so when, so what we, the vote we took was to allocate $100,000 US dollars mm-hmm. for this project. At that time, it was set aside for SBTC. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, when we set it aside, I thought that Rune is subject to the crypto risk. And so being in BTC would kind of mitigate that crypto risk. Um, and then uh, the, 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 uh, the BTC is now it's on the Thor chain. Mm-hmm. And part of it has been buying Rune, um, but we haven't finished, and the Thor chain kind of shut down, so we, we can't finish the uh, yeah the buy. Are they back on yet? I could have so, sworn I saw something went back live again in the last. Well, day, maybe so. if, I, I don't. Yeah. My my information might be two days old, but yeah, my information is fine. Enough. Yeah, um, it's so yeah. It, this has been a, a little bit of an awkward timing because this is just when Thorchain's starting to take off, and I still think it's a huge project, and I think a lot of people involved are very, very good people, right. and it's very, like, yeah, I'm not going to say many negative things about it. That being said, they had a, a few hacks or exploits, I would right. say, and as, and and yeah. my understanding is they've all been on the Ethereum side, so yeah, uh, that's one reason it was so hard for us to do the DeFi investment because it's you know ethereum's got so many moving parts where where uh so so we uh, like my, my first thought was oh thorough chain was hacked i'm like oh how did that hurt the diff but uh, mm-hmm. since you know the diff wasn't doing anything with ethereum i i don't really think that had any impact on us other than the the market risk which we were already expecting and exposed to and and we were already mitigating that by uh uh, dragging out the purchase, purchasing over time. You do dollar, what is it? Bitcoin cash cost averaging, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, or just buying the dip. <laughs> One of yeah. The two. Well, that's the thing is, so the timing of it was interesting because just as this heated up, there were some exploits and, you know, they, obviously that causes turmoil in the token and things like that. And mm-hmm. so, um, obviously like the diff was in the process of acquiring the token and of course, it's we're, it's terrible to like buy or not terrible, but it's like not as optimal to buy and then it crashes because of this stuff. And then you have to wait for the investment to kind of pay off later, although obviously it's valuable on its own. But basically, is my only question on that side is, uh, was there an opportunity or was there slash is there a continuing opportunity for the diff to buy the dip? As soon as Thorchain gets back up and running, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there so you go. um and and that's because we didn't buy it all at once so mm-hmm. it's it's about 60% bitcoin and 40% rune right now so if it dips yes there'll be the opportunity to buy um there you go yeah so before we get into the old dash direct crepe type stuff just want to let people know that Looks like Cointree is working yes you can still throw in super chats if you want any questions answered start asking them now because sometimes it takes a little while to kick in and we don't want to be like, hey, I asked you and you didn't answer because, oh, whoops, the stream ended already. So uh, just start thinking about that. All right, so Dash Direct slash Crepe. So Crepe is a, you know, Phoenix-based company that, you know, deals with their original product was... Payments. Yeah, payments. Basically a way for people to save on everyday payments by getting rewards points through basically using a gift card hack where you use your credit card to buy a gift code right before you make an actual purchase. And then you get like a couple percent off because of that. And then 
Obviously, if you have your card rewards point, it stacks. It's just a little way of like people to save on that kind of stuff. But ended up basically being a vehicle for people to spend, dash, and save significantly all over the U.S. And, of course, this was facilitated by the diff in in no small part of the diff investing in the company and, you know, handling a lot of this stuff. So uh, since then, it's been like the darling of the dash world. Still needs a lot more promotion out there to get everyone aware of it because it's a really huge thing. But um, do you want to just break down from you guys' perspective, from the diff perspective, uh, how this kind of came, how this kind of came about, and you know how that kind of thing is looking now? So we had just made the Valkyrie investment, and before we made the Valkyrie investment, Ryan was like, "Do we think anything better could come along?" You know, like that, that's basically the only reason not to do the investment. Mm-hmm. And so we made the Valkyrie investment with the idea that we wouldn't have enough money to make uh, an investment, another investment in December. Mm-hmm. But um, but then the Crepe thing came along and I'm like, Threat. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's really hard to know which one's better, uh, Crepe or Valkyrie. So, um, yeah, they're you know, both very different. Yeah. So, so, uh, so, but luckily, uh, and it's, it's was kind of luck that, uh, because of, we, we were using Hummingbot to do the, to, to do the, uh, whatever the, the, the moving into dollars, the hedging into dollars, whatever, like, mm-hmm. uh, we were using Hummingbot. So luckily, uh, by, by, uh, selling over time, basically dollar cost averaging or whatever, when we're selling, um, or dash cost average. I don't know what it's called. Um, we, we, uh, were, we actually had enough to do the outlay for crepe and it was, uh, a pretty easy decision. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, uh, Ryan of course brought that up to you guys, right? Yeah. And yeah, well, yeah. Ryan, um, introduced us to crepe as Demelza introduced us to Valkyrie. Yeah. And, because Ryan had a specific interest in the company, he recused himself, I assume, and from like voting on that. But is that public information? I don't know. Maybe. Um, yeah. but, but um, I will, yeah, I would, yeah, but basically, yeah, yeah. It, that's 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 our policy. If somebody has a public, a private interest in something, they, mm-hmm. they uh, recuse themselves from the vote, yeah. And so it's it's kind of funny because, um, when people are looking at this kind of thing, because there's a lot of backstory of, you know, obviously Dash is based everywhere, but Dash Core Group is mostly, um, it's mostly based in Phoenix or, you know, one could say, right? And so mm-hmm. uh, there have been past agreements, for example, the Arizona State University blockchain research, of course, you're very well familiar with that one, aren't you? <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. and as you know, one of the, one of the researchers yourself, um, mm-hmm. and then you have, let's say, I mean, obviously crepe now, but then you had like all 36 in the past. You have a bunch of these things that are like, you know, basically Ryan Taylor's fingerprints on them. Right. And so yep. it's funny with all this, like, I'm sure again, I'm do I'm saying like the, the devil's advocate part of this right of um 
I'm sure a lot of people were just say, is this just another one of the things that like Ryan only knows about because he's buddies with the guy and because it's local. Well, and then I mean, like oh, this, like people being like, is this just going to be a waste of money because this is the only stuff he knows or something? And it turned out, at least in my opinion, everyone can make their own to be absolutely the opposite of where this was like this is like a gold mine of a of a find, you know, for the right. Dash I mean, like we you can pe- spend Dash at more places than you could spend Bitcoin. Yeah. You could spend at Chipotle. You could spend at Subway. You could spend uh, at CBS, which is uh, pretty big around here. Yeah. Uh, it's. I've spent at all those places and I'm like, Oh, I went to Best Buy and bought a Yeah. Yeah, and it's like I mean the the limit is five hundred dollars on Best Buy, but you know how many other cryptocurrencies like I was in person, I paid and I I had a little bit of hiccup at Barnes and Nobles because I was like, I'm gonna you know, everybody's like, Oh, you don't spend who wants to spend crypto to get coffee? So I'm like, I gotta go to Barnes and Nobles, get a cup of coffee, but then I the minimum at Barnes and Nobles is five dollars. So I'm gonna have to bring a date. Yeah. And buy two coffees. You know, it's funny. Um, the minimum on Jimmy John's, I believe, is something like $20 or something crazy like oh, that, yeah. which is very uh, weird. But that's that's on their side. It's not. Um, right. It, but it, it's, it's a pretty massive kind of a thing. And uh, it's, you know, it, it might be a little bit. It could be a, like a week or a little bit over a week before I release it because of my interview schedule. But before the podcast today, I was interviewing Marshall of Crepe and we we're talking about a lot of stuff and yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty big stuff. Um, the, I know. And this most recent proposal, it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I'm get, uh, That's like the Holy grail. Yeah. <laughs> like, you so, want to do what? Well, and here's the thing is let me, uh, cause we're, you know, kind of on, uh, I could wax endless poetic endlessly about dash being used for payments and stuff from the from the perspective of investment, Dash's ability, Dash's superior payments ability has not borne many fruits in terms of investment historically, because it's like, I can't think of like how many times has, have people like, you know, Ryan, but also others tried to find a way to get Dash uses payments and it just, it didn't quite pan out. And then the price didn't really appreciate that. And then all these like crappy coins end up like pumping and because like the, the, the logic is, um, everyone uses money. Peer to peer digital cash was what Bitcoin was founded for. And it's not doing that. So there's a gold mine of value waiting for someone to take it. And if Dash could take that, Dash is going to go to the moon. And just so therefore by focusing on payments, like, Hey, Venezuela, they need payments there and all that. Like, that's going to be good for Dash. And historically, as for as far as acclaim and price, as far as like a lot of success metrics, it's not worked out. However, this is one of those cases where the Dash Direct offering we have today, I believe, based on anecdotal evidence mostly, but like I've, I believe this is enough to start to actually, where we start to see those returns. Because... Uh, not only, I mean, I've been living off of Dash for like five years, right? It's like, who cares if I like it? But the fact that, you know, I've had people who are not, you know, crypt, into the crypto world just like figure out how to use the app on their own or using it on their own. But the biggest thing is everyone in Dash, of course, when there's a new thing, want to try it out and tweet about, oh, yeah, I bought this. This is awesome. 
that's not a statistic. What the, the stats that I look for, the anecdotal evidence, is repeat. Almost everyone who has done this has then gone on to like do it again and again right. and again. And it's like once you've already gotten like, the, yeah, I tried it out. And I like you don't keep trying unless there's something else bringing you to the table. And obviously discounts are good enough to get you to a certain extent to the table. But they did with BitRefill. When BitRefill had the 10% off, it did work. And after the 10% went away, a lot of people stopped using it kind of. But this is something that's like kind of renewable. I think this could provide a whole lot of value. And and we should actually expect those uh, savings to increase Mm -hmm. uh, as as Dash directors use some of the uh, profit, more or less, Mm -hmm. or revenue. That, yeah. that generates actually goes back to CrayPay to recover the cost of the app, mm-hmm. and as that cost is recovered, yeah, uh, more. Uh, there's actually a schedule for. I haven't looked at it, but there's a schedule for. You know, you know, once half of it's recovered, then the, then the savings become more, and um, and then, and so on. Eventually, until the whole thing's paid off, and then the savings would be maxed out. Yeah. Um, so before... And then the maximum savings, now it's not just the savings. Mm-hmm. Now, when when the savings get more and more, some merchants uh, that Crepe has partnerships with uh, could become profitable. And so they probably mm-hmm. would be added to the app too. So we're going to see more merchants added, mm-hmm. hopefully. I mean, just use it. Use it. Go out there. Get all your friends to spend you know, $10 million on this app. And... Um, I mean, which isn't crazy, you know. If if ten thousand people spend a hundred dollars, that's a billion, and they do that for a year, you get twelve billion. Yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, so so go out there, use the app, and then the sp- the savings will increase until until the app is paid off, and uh, and the sa- the as the savings increase, I mean, it's actually cover, it's actually recouping the the cost of the credit cards, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's one reason that I got involved in Bitcoin in the first place. Well. One of many reasons. Uh, I mean, we, we were already in New Hampshire, Joel. I think you were in New Hampshire, and we were doing the silver yeah. trade and all that. Um, so, so it was it made sense to use something else that digital. Uh, you know, we were having a lot of fun trading silver here in New Hampshire, and yeah. then uh, and then I learned about this Bitcoin thing, and uh, and uh, yeah. So so and and I'm I really hope that uh, the Stash Direct app can bring as much like. Bring as much joy as my first few uh, Bitcoin yeah. purchases did, um, and and I I really think it has that potential uh, because I used it and I had that similar feeling. And I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, it'd be funny. You know, you know that it's um... true like like you, maybe you got so used to it, Joel, that mm-hmm. you're not you don't like oh, wow. but it's you actually paid directly from your wallet to. And the money goes to Crepe, and then something happens behind the scenes that gets the gift card, mm-hmm. and um, and then you pay it at uh, Subway, and you walk away, and it's like that really worked. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, it, it's pretty cool, and it kind of when you talk about the joy, that reminds me, of course, the Barry Condo. This sparks joy. This doesn't spark joy, and maybe that's a meme idea for like Dash with Dash Trick. This sparks joy. Lightning Network. This does not spark joy because, well, as someone who uses Lightning, it's a it's a little tricky to get around some things. Yeah, so so I I hope that I could bring that feeling to uh, a broader portion of the of the world. I guess. Of course. I mean, I'm I'm expecting this will broaden our Dash community. Uh, I mean, I I love the reception we received on the BTC Reddit, which which is. Uh, 
uh, strongly for Bitcoin Cash, so they are interested in the back cash. Yeah. Uh, I say I say the majority of comments were very positive about it, and I'm like, you don't even know it's going to get better and better yeah. and better. So, and I love having this friendly competition. Uh, I think a world with two peer-to-peer caches is, is better than uh, certainly better world, world with none, and, and it's probably mm-hmm. better than a world with one. So, let's go, let's go. Yeah, let's, and it's a nice competition. It's a competition, like some of the. Uh, BTC crowd uh, tries to phrase everything like it's a big war or something, and I'm I'm tired. It's no more war. We're just gonna compete, and maybe we'll have a world with two. Maybe we'll have a world with twenty. Who cares? You know, the, yeah. just just let's. I'm gonna do the best I can for this project that I think is the best. Mm-hmm. That's doing the best at what it does. Maybe somebody disagrees, and I'm, I, I invite them to prove me wrong. Well, the, so. This is obviously a fantastic thing for people who want to use Dash or even people who have other coins but want to spend them in real life to then switch them over for Dash. Now, before we go into like the usability, like the, the proposal and other cool things, uh, for just from the diff perspective and the, the investment part of it, because the diff's you know, purpose-driven investment clearly got this done, created this, or was a, an integral part of getting this thing that's very valuable for Dash and the Dash ecosystem into existence. Now, but on the other side of what the diff does, as far as like, um, what are the prospects of the diff's stake in Craypay being positive? Because that's the thing about Craypay is like, all I'm thinking about is Dash Direct and how awesome it is for people like me and for everyone. But I'm not thinking about the company that runs it and their profitability and how much profit they make, because that's a, that's a good thing for sustainability. So... Do you have any ideas or feelings on um, Craypay's, you know, as a company, their profits and Dash's equity, therefore the Diff's equity in that as like doing well based on the way Craypay operates? Yes, I have a feeling, and I think it's doing well. Uh, mm-hmm. If in this type of game, you know, these are startups; these are very risky things. You pretty much assume that nine out of ten are going to fail. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that's the case at Cray Pace. I, I honestly don't think it's the case in Valkyrie or Cray Pace. I think they're going to go the distance. Uh, and and I base this on information that I get not only before we made the investment, but also information that we continually get from our partners mm-hmm. as it goes forward. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, we should expect nine out of 10 to fail and, I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, we haven't made 10 or 10 investments yet. So, mm-hmm. um, but I, I really don't think that's going to happen. And I'm, uh, uh, I would encourage the other supervisors to stay in with all our partners until there's an exit till, until there's everybody exits at the same time. Um, I mean, there's no way I'm giving up cray pay. <laughs> yeah. So, well, let's just hit into the, the proposal kind of a thing. And this is, a lot more liberating now because in years past, like several, like a couple years ago, um, and before, uh, this Dash podcast was part of like the Dash News YouTube channel thing, which was Treasury funded. So we do we're very careful to not be explicitly pol- crypto political or DAO political on talk about pending proposals. We just didn't didn't kind of like try to cover upcoming proposals. But this is my own thing for the last couple of years, and I don't give a crap. I can talk about what I want. So. Let's talk about the the Crepe's new proposal, right? So oh, yeah. Crepe has a proposal that they put out a couple of days ago or yesterday or it was very recently. But okay. basically it's in order to enable 
from what I understand from speaking with Marshall, it's enabled to enable some functionality that would be kind of not cost effective for Craypay to do completely on their own dime. Right. But by getting a little bit of help from, from Dash, they're able to provide the service to Dash. And what is that service? Basically to provision uh, on the spot uh, prepaid Visa or MasterCard. Again, I don't know which one's going to be, but prepaid gift card credit, but not like to a specific retailer, to anything, to anywhere cards are accepted that mm -hmm. then can be seamlessly put into your digital wallet, not crypto wallet, but your Apple Pay, Samsung Pay, Google Pay, and then right. NFC Pay at the point of sale. And so, right. for example, let's just say I want to buy a cup of coffee or no, a cup of coffee and a bagel, make it a little bit more than that. So okay, let's just say it's like eight bucks or whatever. Or let's just well, say you're, you're, you would do that in Barnes and Nobles and get your savings and not use a card. Yeah, but, but let's just uh, say let's say you're at Starbucks, which is not on Craypay yet or Dash Direct yet. Um, you you could uh, or let's uh, yeah say, you could get a card right away, put it in your Google Pay or well, Apple Pay. Yeah, or let's say it's the coffee shop up the street that's independent. There's only one of them, right? So they're obviously mm -hmm. they don't have like a gift card system with a big network to sell to a bunch of stuff. Like no, you just you know, you go, you go straight there. So I go up the street to the coffee shop. You know, I got a, I got like a $10 avocado toast and a $4 latte. It's like 14 bucks. I'm splurging today. And so, all right, it's going to be 14 bucks. I, in Dash Direct, I enter 14 with like the Visa thing. Hit buy. I pay with Dash. I buy $14 worth of Visa credit that then goes into my, let's just say, Samsung Pay thing. Beep, NFC on the terminal, and it pays. And that's right. not like, oh, 155,000 merchants. It's like all the merchants at that point, all the U.S. Right. merchants. And, then, and it's yeah, and it's a prepaid Visa card. So if you're at your computer and you want to buy something and they take credit card. And I I'll, obviously I don't want to ruin the interview too much. No, I, but I yeah. would expect there's going to be some limits on this. It's not, uh, you know, uh, this is not a financial application. So like if, if you need to buy... A house. Yeah, you're, you're not, not going to be that. able to use Dash Direct, but uh, uh, but for for I, I believe it will work for uh, your your general purchases that you make throughout the day. Yeah, and that thing is like I, I hope people understand. Well, first off, um, whenever I whenever anyone will, like you just spend Dash, where can you spend it? No one knows. Okay. Well, then you got the AnyPay map that shows all the merchants with AnyPay, but that's still very mm -hmm. few. Or like you go to cross-reference a couple of maps, it's just really annoying to find where you can spend this stuff. So then they're just like, mm -hmm. we'll just use BitRefill. BitRefill has a ton of places. It's very useful. But like, do you go to a town and be like, all right, where can I spend my Dash? You start scrolling down this list. Um, let's see. I like uh, Chipotle. Is there a Chipotle in this town? And the, just but there's the, a nearby. The friction, but that's BitRefill. <laughs> but then you hit Dash Direct. And then you just say, open, where can I spend it? 0.2 miles there, I can, and it's just so seamless, right? But it's still, yeah. oh, what if I didn't want to go there? What if I wanted to, like, everyone, you're in a group of people. Everyone wants to go to this new place that, you know, whatever. They don't take crypto directly, and they don't have, like, a gift card thing. So then you got to either say, no, I'm going to, like, Applebee's because they're on Dash Direct, or I'm just going to, like, pay fiat, like, now, for those situations, you have a thing you can do. But more importantly, as someone who's unbanked like me, there's a lot of very small, like, 
but really important, like a band of issues that are just super difficult to deal with. It's like, I can buy almost anything with crypto. I can live off of crypto, but there's a couple things that make me really have to like do like dodges and ducks and like a bunch of weird, ugly hacks to get around. And one of those things, for example, when you're traveling, if you have a hotel room, if you use a service like, for example, Travala, I believe, uh, sometimes they have a card for incidentals that are just packed into the service. But usually when you go to a hotel, they want a card because even if you paid with something else, even if it's already paid for it, like I actually had a, when I was going to speak at world CryptoCon, I had like, they paid for my room there at like the Aria hotel, I think. And so I show up there and I'm like, all right, here, I'm here checking. Oh, it looks like your room's paid for. All right, you're all good to go. We just need a card for incidentals. And I'm like, well, I don't have one. Like, what do you mean you don't have one? Well, I'm unbanked. I've been unbanked for five years. They're like, well, we need one. And I talked to the organizers and then they're I mean, the people that invited me to speak there because I was unbanked. And guess what? I'm not a phony. I'm not a fraud. I am who I said I was, but they could do anything for me. So I literally just had to use crypto and buy a place at the Motel 6 around the corner and just not stay at the Aria at all because I didn't have that card for incidentals. Well, guess what? With this, now I could get over that hump. Now I could have a number that I could put in there for that. Or like, what about if you need to pay, like, for example, pay for baggage. You have an emergency baggage thing on the plane. You book your flight, but you got to check a bag and they charge you for it. What do you do if you don't have, you can't give them cash. They don't do that stuff. Not at the airport. So you have to have like a card. And that's like one of those, there's very few little bits where it's really a pain in the ass if you don't have a card. This would solve so many of those things. And yeah, I mean, I think that this would be, this is the ultimate, ultimate. And I don't want to like over prompt. I mean, we'll see how this thing goes, right? But I have a feeling that this could be the thing that we need to do like mass adoption, personally. I mean, I think the Dash Direct we have that's used, that I use right now is amazing. It's already good, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I, I that's pre that's pretty much all I got to say about that. You know, it's just, um, yeah. So yeah, and and you know, and we have, I mean, we've had proposals about credit cards before, but now this is a reputable. Oh yeah, I got it. Member of our community. That's, I mean, it's a new. No, it's a relatively new. We made the investment in December, but uh, you know, they delivered on what they what they promised. Uh, I mean, behind the scenes, I'm. I believe there's reason to believe that they're going to deliver on this. Um, the, 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 the incentives are aligned. Uh, yeah. I have to so. add something in because it is a crypto for card solution. And a lot of people don't understand the difference between something like this and like BitPay, for example, or, you know, a Coinbase used to have their card or the uphold card or something. Uh, because there's a huge difference between those things. The, the two ones that are the two huge pieces of difference are it's non-custodial and non-KYC. So first off, if I want to use an uphold card, I need to do KYC, which is like into the banking system, which I'm, I choose not to be. But there are people like, for example, I've been watching this fun jujitsu documentary about some team that competes in jujitsu turns, but they live at the gym. They're so dedicated. They really live on the mats. They pull a mattress out when they're done training and that's where they live. So they don't have like a real permanent legal address. So they can't get bank accounts. So then now they, they can't do that. They wouldn't be able to use an uphold card, for example, because they can't do that. But 
you don't need to worry about this stuff as long as you got Dash. If you use this, you know, Dash Direct proposal solution thingy, you don't need to worry about that. And the other thing is with Uphold or BitPay or whatever else, even the ones where you get to hold your balance in crypto until you swipe, they hold your balance. It's custodial. There's that risk. They have to hold on to your money. Whereas with this, you have all your Dash in your own wallet with keys you control until you want to pay at the card accepting merchant. You just buy exactly the amount of money that you need to pay for it. And that's it. There's no custodial risk and no KYC. And those two things make this late years ahead of the any previous card solution for crypto, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so great. We're good. Thank you. That's wonderful. Um, I do want to uh, uh-huh. impress on our community that these investments are, they have uh, staying power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, we, Valkyrie has their Dash trust, and so now it's in their interest to uh, uh, get the, the, the trust under, the Dash under management so that they, uh, they have, they reach that threshold and are profitable. And, uh, and that's going to continue for as long as there's a trust. So, so uh, it's, it's almost like planting a tree. It's just going to keep growing and growing and growing. And we don't like with the, um, with what the Dow does, uh, it makes payments and it keeps making payments and makes the payments. Well, this is just one payment and we get benefit down the road, down the road, down the road. Same thing with CrayPay, same thing. I mean, same thing with Dash Direct. We're going to get benefit down the road, down the road, down the road, because we can mm-hmm. keep using it. And we don't have to put more money in to, I mean, the, we as in the Dow mm-hmm. doesn't have to put more money in uh, to keep using it. We, we can we can use it as much as we want for as long as we want. And, and uh, you know, uh, uh, I expect to eventually it'll earn a profit. I mean, it it's already pull, pulling in revenue, but eventually it should have enough revenue uh, to, uh, to really... Uh, be uh, self-sustaining and then we'll have this for uh, for the rest of the time. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's the type of investment we want, right? The, it's, uh, what is it called? Evergreen. Evergreen. Evergreen is the term they use in the news yeah. cycle, but... Uh, it's, so but it's, uh, it's important to note a couple of things. So, um, Studios says, when Dash directed Canada... I don't know. I it's so. difficult Soon. to provision, which by the, the the visa thing is probably going to be much more difficult to do in other countries from my understanding. But as far as the gift card thing, it's still much more difficult to have like different because you don't just have to do different merchant networks. It all, you also have to do like the, the fiat is different, right? <laughs> the fiat is different in Canada. It's, you know, than in the U.S. So it's like now the Dash Direct, do you buy 20 U.S. dollars? No, yeah, buy 20 Canadian dollars worth. And like they have to do a geofenced app. and It's more complicated, but yes. So uh, as you were talking about the long-term investments, right? The uh, That is really what really pays off because long-term investments are, or long-term, it doesn't have to be literal financial investments. It could just be putting work in for a future gain, deferred you know, deferred benefit, low time preference type stuff. You can get some real, the good thing is if you put a lot of work in ahead of time, when you start getting the benefits, you don't need to be doing the work at that time. You know, it's like you get stuff to ride you out, right? Over the long term, right? You invest, you save for a rainy day because rainy days do come. And I think a lot of people have been impatient with Dash and I would definitely urge patience 
I think we're in a good position here because uh, just the way the markets have gone and everything and all the setups and all like, for example, dash core groups, uh, you know, buffers and stuff like that is all in a position to where dash is good to keep trucking on for the long haul. And so yeah. it, in, that's a long enough leash on life until a lot of these longer term planning things come to fruition. But also dash direct is pretty cool because it's a today thing and right. dash direct visa thing. If again, if it's funded, if they figure everything out, if everything goes, it's not guaranteed, but it's, then that's a tomorrow thing. That's not a several years from now. It's like a, you know, next year kind of a thing. And those are things you could bring to the table, bring to market today. Maybe Valkyrie is a more long-term before you start to see, or maybe some other dip stuff are a little bit more long-term. Maybe I'm not saying for sure. Well, I'm, I'm sure but, Valkyrie's mm -hmm. spurred some interest in dash. I mean, they, they you know, you, yeah. you, you, I, I subscribe to their newsletter. You mentioned Tron. Um, but I've never seen the Tron price of the newsletter and the Dash price uh, when they like uh, once or twice a week they advertise the crypto prices on their newsletter. Yeah, and they, Dash has been added for a week or two now, and I haven't seen the Tron price on their newsletter. Um, but, but you know, we're we're just a minority shareholder, so you know, yeah, they, they're everything. they're their own company. They get to decide what they do, but uh, I, I, they're 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 doing right by us as, as far as, as me, right, right by the diff. I got by. Right by, I would imagine that I would expect the community to think that Valkyrie's doing right by the community. So. Yeah. Well, before I go ahead, because way up here, uh, what's his name asked? Um, um, John Clark was like, How is Dash going to market these awesome updates? I do have a, an answer to that. But before that, Great Wolf asked, and yeah, because we're going to have I'm throwing out freebies here. Uh, yeah. And I, I have a to go in five minutes. Okay, so great. Well, then let me just finish with this. Great Wolf asks, so looking forward to the future, are there any upcoming diff projects that's exciting Darren or at least tickles his interest? And obviously excluding all we already talked about. Any Anything cool in the future that you're excited about for the diff? Yes. Um, there's an announcement coming out in Brazil soon, mm -hmm. uh, which means in the next couple of weeks, hopefully... Uh, well, I mean, it's coming out in two stages now. So the first stage that happens, mm -hmm. uh, the first announcement might not explicitly mention the diff, and then the second announcement would mention that we we were meddling in that. Uh, so out of Brazil, so I, th I think so. The two investments in Brazil, the ADDI, I expect to start uh, bringing value to our mm -hmm. community next year. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's that's I think that's great. Or our community, yeah. So our community is in Brazil too. So, um, so I've, I've always wanted the diff to be, uh, and, and I think Dash is a global project. So I'm glad that we're yeah. not uh, focused on just one jurisdiction. Um, I, but it is there. There is a, a strategy we're using where uh, once you start in a jurisdiction, you kind of want to build it out. You don't want to just put a bunch of islands where here's mm -hmm. a little Dash thing. Here's a little. You want to kind of build a bunch of pieces together. Yeah, they can network like effects. Play off of each other. Yeah, exactly. So, so we we have you know focused on Brazil. Uh, uh, if you read read the forum, I try to write out our uh, international strategy uh, last year for the, for the last election cycle, and uh, we we spent a long time researching Nigeria. Mm -hmm. And uh, when the uh, banking regulations in Nigeria came out regarding crypto. That's when we stopped researching Nigeria. 
Mm, uh, makes but, sense. But really, we were we were trying to see what we could do in Nigeria for a long time, and then Rodrigo brought a few uh, of his contacts in uh, from Brazil, and uh, we invested in two. But he brought more than two, so it's not. People are worried about Rodrigo's um, influence and stuff sometimes, or I see some comments about it. But it, you know, he brings it, and then we have to we have to go through everything. We got like eighty-eight. I had a huge due diligence packet. Like it was, you know, it was, it was pretty ridiculous. And um, I mean, it's just the volume of information that was provided. It was it was not it's not ridiculous that they did that. It's it was just a ridiculous amount of information. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really hard to go through. Um, but, uh, you know, and we, we haven't, I mean, we say no often and, uh, I don't <laughs> like, we say no a lot. And I'm like, Oh yeah, we said no to this, no to that. We keep thinking about the yeses, mm-hmm. but, uh, I, in my, uh, from what I understand about this whole venture capital thing is the no's are almost as important because if you don't say no to the right people, you can't say yes to the right people. So, yeah, um, that's what decision is. Decision cuts off one, yeah. so you can do another. And, and and I mean, I hear calls to be more transparent, but we can't really divulge who we're thinking of ahead of time because mm-hmm. if we do say no, and we want that ability to say no, it sounds kind of bad. We, we're oh, we're thinking about investing, and then we say no. The reason we say no could be lots of different things. They're just not a good fit. They didn't really have a. a a buy-in for Dash. They don't really have any specific thing about Dash. We don't want to just invest in a company because we think it's going to do well. We want to advance Dash as a as a use case mm-hmm. right, for customers. So um, there's all kinds of reasons we could say no, and you know we don't really want to explain it to people. Uh, we don't want that, and we want the people who approach us to to feel like they can you know you know tell us about themselves and you know. Find if it's appropriate fit and not have, but not be punished or not feel like people are saying bad things about them if we, if we say no. So we just need that, uh, you know. So 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 uh, we have to keep the no's private, and so we can't have to keep the things we're thinking of. Um, there's, I think there's six things on our table right now. There's no way we can fund them all, um, and that's new. That's uh, my as my starting my second year into it. We've yeah. pretty much had things come on the table as quick as we could fund them, mm-hmm. uh, but now it's it's clear that uh, I mean we we might have to say no just because we don't have the money, um, which is a fine situation to be in. I mean the, everything that's on the table is a it's still on the table, mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> um, but it's 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 a little bit overwhelming, uh, but I mean and. We just have to figure out which one's the best one for Dash, and and the uh, the Dow seems uh, very well subscribed this month, and uh, I have reason to believe it'll keep being well subscribed. So we might have to uh, not but, uh, forecast not having as much from the Dow. Hmm. Um, eventually, I think some of this will pay off, and the price will go up. And I'm I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping that situation that the the Dow could you know throw a million or five our way. Well, that's the thing is. Um... <laughs> For that, repeatedly, one thing I always hear about um, people who don't know too much about Dash is they tend to be um, like they tend they always tend to be like I I just didn't know like I didn't know that you guys are working on this stuff I didn't know you know and when you do know they they it's not so much like yeah I already knew that but I needed someone to really sell me on why it's good like they, there's a lot that don't know and so 
it's a great and brief segue as we're wrapping this thing up to uh, delivery, like delivery mechanisms for the great new stuff. So as many, as I mentioned many podcasts ago, but you know, why not bring it up again? I'm starting this project called the Dash Marketing Hub, which is basically a incubator slash bounty style uh, open source, open collaboration project to just get Dash out there, get it promoted, get people on shows, and basically crowdsource everything promotion related. It's a very kind of radical departure from the way things are done in other ways, and I think it's very complementary to much more streamlined kind of ways of promotion. But so basically, yeah, look out for that. There's some interesting things coming, as was mentioned up there about, hey, you know, like, what are we going to do to get this out everywhere? I mean, there's been the the diff, the newsroom, a bunch of other places have done a great job of shouting out Dash Direct and getting it everywhere. But let me just say there's um, there's a lot more we could be doing, a lot more that we will be doing. And once that's all out there, I mean, the sky's the limit. So that's just all I kind of got to say about that. So uh, I know you got to go. I don't want to be... I don't want to be eating up all your time, Darren. But yeah, so people should follow you on Twitter, right? Right. Computing for the win. Or computing FTW. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, yes, I'm on the Twitters. I'm in the Reddits. I'm yeah. actually pretty pretty active in the, the Dash Pay Reddit. Uh, yeah. Uh, mainly because it's not that active in general. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I just use my name on there. And uh, I use my name everywhere. So I, yeah. I, I, I'm too old to keep up with pseudonyms or whatever so uh yeah well cool so there you go well thanks for being on and everyone thanks for watching now afterwards is this tradition is the time for the after party which is conversation like this except not recorded not publicized and i mean the maximum sorry i'll miss that it's all right but it's a maximum i think the most we had was 17 people one time and it's just like on through the night just no um no limit so uh, okay. Sometimes until great, like two, great, great. I've I've actually seen people on the after party like fall asleep at like five six in the morning their time as the sun's coming up because they're just on for too long. But yeah, so if you want to do that, you got to go to here. I'm gonna type in the thing. Stay, it's stay dashy dot com gets you into the dash talk Discord, right? Uh, and from there, you just have to ask about it. Hey, where's the after party? What's going on after party? Blah, blah, blah. And if no one's answering you or whatever, which I probably will, uh, you got, just look for, just ping me. I'm, I'm the Desert Links. Desert Links anywhere. So, all right. well, that's a good cue to Thank go you, off. Joe. All right. Well, thanks everyone for watching. I'll see you in the after party. Thanks so much, Darren. And I'll see y'all pretty soon. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe so you don't miss an episode and donate to support the show by going to my Cointree page. That's cointr.ee slash thedesertlinks. And leave a message with your donation. Check out the show's sponsors. Live on crypto with BitRefill. Buy absolutely anything with crypto with Shop and Bit. Avoid content censorship with Odyssey. Protect your privacy online with NordVPN. Get paid to search with PreSearch. All links are in the show notes.